Welcome to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. On today's show, our Kitchen Mystic series continues, and we're continuing our discussion about hope, Mary. Let's do that. Let's do that. I'm producer Erin Warhol, and I'm here with author and spiritual teacher Mary Hayes Greco. Hey, Erin. So we had a really rich discussion about hope and personally how we see hope, how we find hope in our lives. And today we're going to transition into looking at more of the collective and looking at society or culture and how we find hope in that larger realm, which, you know, I'm just going to fess up here. It's it's a little bit of a struggle these days. It is. We're in a time of just heightened drama around yeah. negative things. And at the moment... Our media and cultural conversations seem to be all about um, racism and terrorism and war War. and refugee crisis and how is this ever going to change and how is that ever going to change? Climate problems. Oh, my Lord. So, like, really big, uh, frightening problems that uh, we can feel pretty overwhelmed by if we're we're just... uh, thinking about this day by day. So uh, I think it's good to take things down to a very, very simple level. Mm -hmm. And this does not mean simplistic, Uh because simplicity itself is really an awesome, awesome, um, very high state of understanding. Mm. And Henry David Thoreau did this whole thing about simplicity being uh, this wonderful way to live and um, to be in touch with reality and goodness, simplicity. So so here's the simplicity that, I, that I'm exploring right now, and that is somebody uh, in the last year or two asked the Dalai Lama, the uh, leader of the um, Tibetan Buddhist world, uh, if he thought the world was getting better or worse. Ooh. And, you know, he was, he's the person to ask because yeah. he is an ambassador to the whole world yeah. around kindness and um, impermanence and compassion. And, uh, and he himself lost his home, homeland right. ages ago and many of his friends through war and torture and uh, terrible things. So he responded to the questioner with his characteristic um, forthrightness and assuredness and a little edge of a giggle. <laughs> and he said, without a doubt, beta. Oh, yay. The, the world, world is getting better. So, that's and I good. agree with him. So, excellent. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's hopeful that he says that. I think, you know, you talk about what's going on in the world. And these days, we have news from everywhere available on our phones. And quite literally, you could look at your phone in the morning and not be able to get out of bed if right. you let because the news over you. Or, yeah, yeah, you could. Or you could, what, you know, tune into the, uh, the uh, email list that bring you all the funny animal movies. You could and, do that. <laughs> <laughs> and all the good news and all yeah. the wonderful human beings doing this for other people um, feeds. Those, those are good. I, it's all there. It's all there. It is the all good, there. The good, the bad, the ugly is all around us in the, in the uh, global conversation on the Internet. Well, and I think for a lot of people, they, they do want to remain, they want to be engaged in the conversation. I mean, we, we're, we're citizens of the planet, we're citizens of a country, and we want to be aware of what's going on. But how do we do that and not just get overwhelmed? I know. Well, I think in the past, we have had this idea around being citizens, as though we were able to kind of logically tackle a problem and solve it. Yeah, and there's been many problems we've tried to tackle and solve yeah. in society to greater or lesser 
effect, sometimes no effect. Sometimes problems have been solved in movements of people that we didn't see coming yeah. and, and solutions and breakthroughs that we didn't see coming. We didn't we didn't think it through. It didn't. We didn't make it happen. Right. But somehow right. it happened. It was created. Right. It was created among us and with us and and through us. So, my thought is that as a collective, as a society, as a world, it's pretty hard for us to nail down the answers to our problems yeah. in terms of uh, the refugee crisis, in terms of climate change, etc. But all of us together can be holding an intention, mm -hmm. and I think we are holding an intention, for the highest good to happen for everybody, mm. for, for the best thing possible to happen. This is just the simplest and um, strongest thing we can do is to walk in a spirit of goodwill. Because if we have the spirit of goodwill and we are willing every day for goodness to happen, yeah. starting with me in this moment with this kid or with this uh, stranger, this stranger yeah. or this traffic uh, moment yeah. where I can, I can wave <laughs> and smile and let somebody in, or I yeah. can, you know, cut them off and go sucker. You yeah. know, <laughs> we have like so many choices every day about whether we're peacemakers, mm -hmm. whether we're um, changing the world um, towards the better or not. So, um, so I have this idea that actually a whole lot of things are happening in in a way that we can't even hardly get our minds around. Right. But that if we if we keep the faith collectively, if we keep affirming love and inclusion of everybody and taking care of everybody, if we keep affirming uh, like every mother knows, first you feed everyone, mm -hmm. and then you handle the conflicts. You, yeah. you, you're with kids. <laughs> if they're hungry, they're, there's going to yeah. be conflict, right? So right. I think the world is in the same situation. First we feed everybody, and then the conflicts are going to start working themselves out. I love that, Mary. That's I know, beautiful. and I don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> right. I just know that in my world, every day I look around and I see, I see things getting better because mm -hmm. the people I know are... Um, walking with some goodwill and some service and um, and some sense of humor and some detachment because yeah. we don't really know how to fix the things that distress us. Well, and you make such an important point here because for some reason as human beings, I, maybe this is just part of the, the challenge of being human, but our brains kind of tell us that we should have all the answers or that we could have all the answers if we just work on it. You know, we try to control it, but but what you're talking about is that unknown variable. In every situation, there's an unknown variable that can have its say and could actually bring about really positive developments, but we have to leave room for that. We do, and we have to leave room for the idea that that we don't know what's good and yeah. bad. We don't know if that earthquake is bad. We yeah. know that a lot of people died, and that is sad. Yeah. for the people that love them. Yeah. Um, and that is scary for the people that are in the next earthquake zone, et cetera. But we don't know if it's bad. Mm -hmm. you know, the earth always has earthquakes. The earth always has storms. The earth has been through many different climate eras. There have been right. ice ages. There have been whole ages where there was no oxygen. We, <laughs> there was an oxygen revolution at one point, and that's when the oxygen came, and that's why we're here. But before <laughs> that, the earth was still here. So, I mean, we have to step back in, in some ways at this in this climate question and say, well, sure, it looks like humans are creating this 
um, mm-hmm. climate change. But do we know if it's bad? We know mm-hmm. it's bad for our individual little lives mm-hmm. in these storms, and, and, and we worry about our children. But that moment isn't here yet either. Yeah, We don't know what's, what's good or bad. Right. I mean, just this week here in Minnesota, or in the last couple of weeks, we haven't had snow. The temperature has been higher, and so we've had rain. And I honestly, I've gone back and forth on this, like, am I happy that we don't have snow, or am I sad that we don't have snow? Well, I've been privately <laughs> celebrating and saying, I hope nobody hears this, but if it's global warming, I'm voting for it. Oh, <laughs> I really like these warm winter, this warm winter we're having in Minnesota. Well, I mean, just this example, though, without the snow, there are ski resorts or snowboarding can't happen or cross-country skiing. But on the other hand, I'm not out there shoveling. On the other hand, people are able to put up more Christmas lights than they usually can. Because they can stand on the ladder for longer (laughs) before before they go, oh, forget this. That's enough. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of beautiful, twinkly Christmas lights going on because our our weather's been warm enough to put them up. So kind of bringing this back around to the the notion, though, that we're not in control of everything. And and we're also trying not to be overwhelmed by all of this. What are some uh, ways that you suggest for people to have a perspective around uh, our collective hope or our collective despair? Mm. Well, I think in the end, uh, the 12-step programs got it right. With mm. we, we live one day at a time. Yeah, One day, we live this day. And um, we make this day the most um, serene and productive and caring and present um, day that mm-hmm. we can. We have that. We have this day. We have our people. Yeah. I cannot help um, girls in China right now that are not being allowed to do something or other. I cannot help the refugee in um, this country who's being kept in a camp for way too long and they have a you know pneumonia. I cannot personally, Mary Hayes Greco, I cannot help those people. And the more I meditate on their desperate situation, many thousands of miles away, actually for me, the more powerless I feel. Mm. But I can help about nine people Mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. I think if every person like looked around them and so there's about nine people that require my love and loyalty. Yeah. And and my extra um smile and my occasional uh lifting them out, you know, helping them with, you know, kindness or a bit of cash or a bowl of soup or whatever is called for. Um my husband is uh I single-handedly keeping one person off the street. For like about 16 years, mm-hmm. my husband has been helping a a distressed person not be homeless mm. by, you know, because a lot of people who are homeless are dealing with mental illness yeah. and they can't keep jobs. They can't keep their apartments because they alienate their roommates and they piss off their landlords or whatever. And uh, they need they need a little help. Yeah, they need a little kindness. They need a little that. Oh, you know what? You can't do that. Hey, you know what? Here, this is how you do it. They need a little handling along to to keep a roof over their head. And and so I've been watching my husband for years helping a, an old friend of his who's got an obnoxious personality <laughs> and and causes you know he kind of shoots himself in the foot regularly, helping him keep. Uh, in a home, yeah. helping him um, keep a, some sort of positive trajectory day by day. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of effort for one 
annoying person, you know. <laughs> but yeah. but then how is the homeless problem quote solved? How right. do we solve homelessness? Right. You know, do we build enough um buildings and stash people in them or, you know, get them government funding? I don't know. But what if what if every homeless person had one dedicated helping friend yeah. that was willing to put up with a little bit of this and that and, and help them help them stay off the street. So I don't know, it comes down to these really micro sort of yeah. things. You know, the teacher that really doesn't give up on that one kid. Yeah. That one kid that acts out and, and makes everyone mad and, and want to just kick them out. That one teacher that will actually listen to them. Uh, or or give them something that nobody else is giving them that helps them shift a little bit. Well, and what you're talking about, the, you're talking about something that's really powerful on a very one-to-one level, but it also is something we, we decide to do it. it. It doesn't really cost anything. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily handing somebody cash, but it's saying, I'm willing to give you my attention and my love, and I'm willing to see you in your truth. Right. And that can be so powerful. And so if we make, I mean, if we make room for that in our days. In our day, like, like what is mine to do and who is mine to love? Yeah. It's kind of simple. Oh, I love it. It comes right down to, to each day. And I think this is where we have to let, let go. We have to let go and trust the overall arc of goodness that's unfolding. Mm, beautiful. Let me just pause for a moment and tell everyone listening a little bit more about you, Mary. Mary Hayes Greco is the author of two books, The New Kitchen Mystic, A Companion for Spiritual Explorers, and we've been exploring it lately on the podcast. I love it. And your other book is Unconditional Forgiveness, A Simple and Proven Method to Forgive Everyone and Everything. All of the time. All of the time. (laughs) Yes. And you are the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training. And in that role, Mary, you have helped all sorts of people. And you've helped people around the world, too. So you've had a real global impact as well as a very local impact on helping Well, thanks for reminding me of that. I'm feeling I'm sitting up a little taller right now. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so let's also let's uh, acknowledge our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by the energy and attitude of unconditional love. Unconditional love is there for you. It is in abundant supply, and unconditional love wants you to thrive. Mm-hmm. And by the new definition of forgiveness, forgiveness is releasing an expectation that's causing you to suffer. Excellent. Okay, so one other little a note I want to make right now on the Life Gets Better Now podcast. Coming up in later podcasts, we are going to invite some people on, some listeners who have specific problems or challenges to come on, be on the phone with us. And Mary, you're going to help them kind of sort through whatever life difficulty they're having or something that's that's troubling them. Yeah, but what if they actually have a point of view that I want to hear? I, that you know, could happen too. What if what if they've been chewing on a bone and they have got like a great idea to share? That, I'm, that I'm into that great. too. Yeah. If 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 you are one of those somebody listening and you'd like to to participate with us on the Life Gets Better Now podcast, send us an email. Send it to forgiveness training at gmail dot com. That's forgiveness training at gmail dot com. Give us a little bit of information about what you want to talk with us about, and then also include your contact information so we can get a hold of you and, set and we this will up. jam. Yeah. We We've been jamming on the fact that life for us collectively is getting better, according to you and according to the Dalai Lama. (laughs) 
Well, that's some good company. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's really a point of view. I mean, yeah. he actually, I actually believe him because he yeah. he travels a lot and he yeah. he's travels into situations that are dire and he travels into situations that are full of human glory and that's his take on it that it's it's getting better so that's that's good news but i think what what i'm hearing you say about this is that whether we tap into the collective hope or the collective despair is kind of a choice point that we make right i think it is a choice point i mean there are, of course, moments where we just have, we're just all sharing a story yeah. and we can't help it. You know, right. Like when, when um, 911 happened, I, I was an American in grief. Yeah. I was an American who felt violated and, and horrified and terribly, terribly sad. Yeah. And in some ways, like some age of innocence was over um, for us. And there was, that was a, a collective journey yeah. of grief that is still it's uh, still with us it's still with us it's still with us every time we go through the airport and yeah. they ask us all those silly questions and you yeah. know tell us it's code orange and things like that so there's certain things that we're all sharing and we can't help it but uh again we're each only responsible for our our garden our mm-hmm our little plot of land and mm-hmm. life and our day, our work, our people, yeah. our attitudes, that's what we can do. And uh, I think if we are willing to tend our space with as much love and uh, care and realism as we can muster, uh, then it's a good day. We're having a good day. Yeah. And some days, you know, when you're having a hard time, say you've been very sick or you have uh, you're in deep grief, mm-hmm. and you don't even want to get dressed. Mm-hmm. You want to sit and and let your hair go bad, and and, uh-huh. and feel real sorry for yourself. The the act of hope is simply getting dressed. Yeah, it's getting dressed and um, taking a little more time with your hair than you care to care to because yeah. you're acting as if you're acting as if I could have a good day. You're acting as if. Um, I do have something to share with the world in, in being me and going forth. So, you know, you're unemployed, yes. Uh, there have been a lot of, uh, you know, days with too much mm-hmm. um, emptiness in them. But you still get dressed and, and adjust your posture before you go out the door. Yeah. That's an act of hope. That you know, that reminds me of something because there was a time when I was unemployed and I, I had a little practice that I loved to do and it was when I had been employed, I was like sort of like overstressed and I couldn't do things for other people very easily. Uh, and I might have told you, you don't about have this. time for this. I don't have to like tell me your problem, but quick, get it over with. You know, I I got things I gotta do. But um, I'm important. Yeah, well it was <laughs> it was just there was not enough time. So I was in a in a state where I could I had time and I had a say over my time. And I decided that if if there was some if somebody needed something from me, I would step up. You know, I would I would, you would say serve. I'm available. Yeah. Yeah. And once there was a car accident I came upon a little fender bender, but there were two cars pulled over, and they were all elderly people in the cars. And I thought, I have time to stop. So I did. You know, I pulled over and hopped out and just, you know, 
tended to them before the police came. Nice. And it, it felt so you good. You brought some calm. Yeah. You brought some, you know, presence, someone yeah. really looking in the eyes and maybe a little hand hand yeah. on the arm and, uh, you know, why don't you sit here and breathe for a minute. And they were all elderly yeah. and they weren't, they weren't hurt, like they didn't need to go to the hospital. But they but were jangled up. They were jangled up and one of, the, one of them said to me, oh, thank God you came along. Oh, and, I, you know, I felt good. It actually, I think... I thought I was serving them, but they were actually serving me because I wasn't sure what my purpose was. I was unemployed. That's the trick. That's the trick about service. And that's why in the 12-step journey, that's recovery does not happen completely unless you're living the 12th step, which is to serve others, to carry the message to others, to, to do something that is helpful to other people who are still suffering. And we do that, as I mean, service is a spiritual practice in all all of the major religions, too. Yeah. We do this because it gets us outside of our self-absorption. It opens yeah. our heart. It lets some um, vulnerability uh, happen where we're actually like, gee, I don't know. I don't know everything about this yeah. soup kitchen. I'm just going to do what the supervisor told me to do, and I'm just going to uh, – I don't know where the – extra ladle is. I'll go find it. (laughs) I don't know, but I do want to help this person and give them soup. It is for us. It is for us to to volunteer or to help another person um, when it's our time to do that. Well, and you've talked about this in the past about how the 12-step programs, you know, they provide a lot for people. But for somebody who hasn't found their way into a 12-step program, can you speak Not a little bit? Not lucky enough to be in the club. <laughs> speak a little more about it because I think it is part of our collective hopefulness. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a piece in The Kitchen Mystic about, um, I called it Planetary Recovery, and I was talking about how, gee, if you haven't been lucky enough to be an alcoholic <laughs> or an addict or a codependent or a gambler or somebody in recovery... The child of one. Yeah, right. If you haven't been lucky enough to stagger into the 12-step meetings that eventually become a really wonderful way of life, um, you know, there's probably a, a meeting out there for you. You can find it. You can find it. But uh, the point is that, um, and and it's one of, I would say it's part of my, my braid of spirituality. There's about yeah. three or four things that I do all the time, you know, to um, be a happy spiritual lady. And that's one of them is, mm-hmm. is the 12-step stuff. And what's, what's great about it is that it really um, makes simplicity your uh, way of moving through the day serenely. That you, if you can simply live the serenity prayer, which is do what you can do, know what you can't do, <laughs> accept what you can't do, and have the wisdom to know the yeah, difference. You know, brilliant. courage to change the things you can, you know, accept the things you can't, and know which is which. That is going to do ya. That mm-hmm. is going to make you have a good day. Uh, it's when we are trying to control things we can't, yeah. and when we're not accepting things that we need to, that we get all stressed out. Right. So, so the simplicity in the serenity prayer is such a gift, I think, to anybody. So um, that's one of the things. And all the little slogans, they're all so simple and sunny and goofy, <laughs> but they're the truest things. That's, it's, it's just true to you know, take it easy, keep it simple. It works if you work it. Your, yeah. your spiritual life, your practices, your, your disciplines work if you really do them. They, they do enhance your consciousness. So, um, yeah. And when you, when you are living in a way where you uh, 
are attending to your own needs, then you actually have more to give to others around you. And you that's do. part of collect the collective spirit. Right. And I think really, I mean, we're all growing up rapidly. Yeah. And there's just a tremendous uh, spiritual awakening that we're in the middle of. And if I think about, of course, I mean, we're, we're growing up um, age-wise, too, yeah. and the age brings wisdom, hopefully. But I I'll also think collectively, I feel like yeah. we're growing up rapidly. There's just this rapid dissemination of um, spiritual attitude that's Well, and it's happening. all at everyone's fingertips. Right. I mean, here in the United States, so many people have access to so much information wisdom uh, through the ages it's just right there to mm-hmm. the point where it's like what do you what do you reach for i know and i've just been noticing lately uh because my my uh attitude is keyed to notice it but i'm noticing things like you know i, I put a cup of, a, a tea bag in my cup and on the back of the tea it says made for you with love by the whatever <laughs> whatever and a, and a bus goes by and on the billboard it, it says something about do good and there's i just feel like there's a lot of um positive um, intention going into uh, our society all around us with individuals and organizations that if we would look, we would and align with it. We would align with all the goodwill people are trying to um, share. Then something good happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Great, Mary. Thanks so much. And I want to say thank you to all of you who are listening and enjoying this podcast and on this journey with us. We really appreciate that you're there right there with us. Um, All of the podcasts are available on the website at lifegetsbetternow.com. You are welcome to send us an email at forgivenesstraining at gmail.com. We're having a great time here, and we really enjoy and appreciate our sound engineer, Daniel Zamzow's contribution. Thank you, Daniel. For the Life Gets Better Now podcast, I'm producer Aaron Warhol. And I'm Mary Hayes Greco. Thanks for listening. 